And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama. Solid conservative and just plain right. Making it cool to be a conservative. I got a caller on line one. I'll go ahead and grab that real quick. Uh, Cheryl from Harvest. Cheryl, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. Uh, I was just making note that every time I go to Walmart, we must have had a whole boatload of illegal immigrants come (laughs) over in the last two or three weeks because I feel like I'm in the minority now, and they they go through there, and the, the shelves are just bare. They're, they're coming with just absolutely overflowing carts. Are they getting a boatload of money when they come into the United States? Well, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Cheryl, are you saying that you believe you're actually shopping in and amongst a, a whole passel of uh, illegal immigrants, or what are you saying? Well, I don't, I don't have an answer for you there. I mean, let's be careful. We don't just say because they speak a different language, they have to be here illegally. They might not be. Um, but uh, what? Well, in Athens, you know, I've here, lived here long enough that we don't have enough of of those um, persuasion. I, I don't know what the politically correct term is. I, but, I, I mean, this is a different lifestyle you know, style of, of people that you see in there. Well, I, I don't know what to tell you, Cheryl, uh, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's possible that there are certainly illegal immigrants. We know they've even been busing them here from the Biden administration's policies up on, down on the border. But I don't know who's shopping at your Walmart. Let's put it that way. But, you know, all said and done, there's some amazing people here that are, are here legally that, um, that, you know, came from foreign countries. It's, it's the vast majority right. of them that come in illegally that we should be concerned about. Well, and like I said, just the difference in, in people that I see up there and that I've never seen before All right. of, of, in the last two weeks. And I was wondering if, you know, like in New York, if there's any plans to by the mayors or anyone to rehouse them. Well, the, the mayor of New York City is shipping them to Canada. They don't like that at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, well, hey, Cheryl, thanks for the call. Uh, get get uh-huh. to Walmart, watch for the truck to arrive and restock the shelves and get there when you can. All right. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. All right. See you. Um, yeah, I, I, I got nothing. Got nothing on that one. I got nothing on that one. I don't know where to go on that one. But, uh, but you know, that's just... Uh, and, and by the way, the, the shelves being empty is a classic sample or example of what's happening with our supply chain in general. I mean, it's just irritating the stew out of me to go to the store and find things that are common that we've always been able to get that are not available. Why, why was there a run on baby formula? Did anybody ever figure that out, Boomer? No. I mean, you guys. I mean, uh, we have a baby. Little bitty, I, little bitty, is she still on formula? No, no, she's not on any. Oh, praise God, you got past that one. Got past that one, but, you know, still on the diapers. Diapers. So. <laughs> Diapers, there's a run on diapers for a while, too. Yeah. And then, by the way, I never figured out the pandemic run on toilet paper. Did you? That got weird. It was a little weird. Like, you could almost run a black market of toilet paper. (laughs) Like, like squares of toilet paper replaced currency. People stored, you know, tons of toilet paper in, like, self-storage places. Hey, hey, man, I got some toilet paper. Yeah, you hey, buddy, you want some toilet paper? I got it. I got a little something for you. In the trunk of my car. It's over here. I got three bootlegs that I stole from the office <laughs> right here. How about this? I'll trade you six squares of two-ply for a maple bacon donut. 
that may have went down. That I feel certain there were some shady, <laughs> feels... shady deals taking place in back alleys with people trading toilet paper for basic necessities of life. Wow, yeah. Don't you just during know that it. time you're like, oh come on, yeah, come on, <laughs> hey buddy, come here, I got something for you. Hey buddy, come over hey, here, buddy. come over here. I got some two ply. I got some two ply. Two ply. Yeah. None of, none of that none of that stuff in the government offices, man. I got I got the I got the two ply. Oh my gosh, I could laugh about this for hours. All right, um, when we get back. We're gonna we we ran that one all the way to the break on those. But when we get yeah. back, we're gonna switch gears. Killing the burbs. What is the deal with Democrats having a beef with the suburbs? Well, I'll tell you what it's about. Racism. It's all about racism. If you have a grassy front yard. And oh Lord God, if you got a grassy backyard, you may well be a racist, at least according to the terminology and the theology of uh, killing the burbs. We're, and, and by the way, this is actual, this is law, this is regulatory burden. Did you know that your community may well have to submit to the Biden administration a equity plan, along with certain numbers of, you know, town hall meetings? And the opportunity to correct your plan should it be found deficient by central government. And, oh, by the way, you may lose your federal funding if and you don't have a good equity plan. So, yeah, that, uh, that neighbor lot that someone's thinking about building on, it may wind up being an apartment building in your suburb just to, you know, meet the equity plan. Good God. I kid you not. Y'all stay tuned. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative and just plain right covering down on some major ground across the northern half of the great state of alabama i'm talking about this show goes way down south of birmingham up north of huntsville tuscaloosa back over to gadsden parts of georgia tennessee mississippi all thrown in just for good measure text lines are open you want to text or call in the number is 833-687-4448 that's 833-68-RIGHT i gotta tell you too uh, our website is has got some just all kinds of stuff on it so our website if you ever want to see it is rightsideradio.org.org so www.rightsideradio.org the live stream of the show is on there you can see the interior of the uh, of the uh, right side studios as we're talking uh, we've got uh, our, our, our live audio feed is also available if all you want is the audio. You've also got the podcasts are linked to the, uh, to the website. And um, you've got the photo gallery. You've got other videos. You've got podcasts. You've got articles that are written pretty much every Monday. Uh, a new piece comes out uh, that I've written that is getting published in multiple newspapers and outlets around the state. Uh, that's all on there. I will also point out, too, that if you want to advertise on Right Side Radio, we are a separate business. We're actually a 501c3. Right Side Radio is a standalone entity. 
All right. And so if you want to advertise on this show, you got to contact us because we sell our own inventory and we have the most amazing ad salesperson who will be in touch with you uh, immediately. You can contact us through the website. It has an advertising contact tab on there and just say, hey, listen, I want to advertise my business on the most amazing show in in Alabama's the only syndicated radio show in Alabama. Um, So, yeah, contact us through the website. We'll hook you up. Uh, Courtney will give you a call, and uh, and you will be uh, off and running uh, and joining the right side team. Um, I got a bunch of texts came in. Uh, Andy from Arab. I'm Andy from Arab. So our paratrooper buddy. He says uh, we had a company formation. First sergeant said we were using too much toilet paper. <laughs> Afterwards, our platoon sergeant said, "You hear him? One toilet paper square for business. Five squares to wipe your hands." <laughs> uh, yeah, I love military humor, man. Uh, but we also had a uh, we had another um, where is that one that just came in a minute ago? Scott from Russellville just texted in. He said the arsenal at a rest on arsenal. The bathrooms use that old single ply sandpaper. Yes, the kind that nobody wanted to steal. The, 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 just just saying. Um, anyway, we we got a, we got a bunch of folks uh, that are texting in. You're welcome to text in. Join the fun. Eight three three six eight seven four four. Four eight. So, Boomer, you were a realtor in one of your many lives. Yes, I was. Uh, in fact, I, I, I am a bit older than you, but I fear you've almost lived as many lives as I have. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten to do a lot of stuff. You have done a lot of stuff, dude. I mean, if some of y'all don't know, Boomer was in the music industry in Nashville for a while, was a realtor, owned a business, um, Did a played coach. college sports, coached. Dang, dude. It. And then, yeah, and, travel, and traveled all over the world missions. And you did. That's right. Yep. Did um, that and was gone for a couple years, like like long term mission stuff. And so. then and then I, I guess the mission work you could almost say your your tours with uh, country music were almost like mission work too at times. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Major name stars. Uh, I, I guess we can name them on the air, can we? we oh yeah. I mean, you know, some small small fries like uh, Kenny Chesney. So you were his tour manager for Kenny. Kenny I, I was his uh, stadium manager, coordinator manager. That's just, so, that's just crazy. So it was kind of it was a lot of fun. It's kind of like managing our stadium here at Right Side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just as many lights, cameras, and buttons to push, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. Yes. You it also is. you also manage the uh, Country Music Awards. Uh, country Music Awards, CMA, CMTs, ACMs. Uh, I was I was on a lot of different PDQs, uh, shows. the you know, all the SATs, ACTs, all. Yeah. Of them. So I got to do I got to do a lot of things. <laughs> kind of fun. That is pretty fun. All dabble, right. I dabbled. All right, put on your realtor hat for a minute. <laughs> all right, realtor hat. Realtor hat. Uh, you, you having been a realtor, you had to get your realtor license. Yes, I did. Were y'all taught anything about discrimination in the sale and or listings of real estate? Oh, yes. Uh, like probably a quarter to a half of the, the information that we had to intake for, you know, to pass our course was on discrimination. Really? I mean, there was a lot. Uh, a lot of federal and state law, I imagine, right? A lot of, yes, federal and state. Um, so, I mean, right now, what I've, what I've got here is a series we're about to go into in a few minutes on number two of the Triple Dipper here, Killing the Burbs. Mm-hmm. Democrats, now Charlene points out, uh, she texted me a minute ago, it's about them having control. Racism is only their, their front excuse. But, but they, they claim that, that racism is at the heart of suburbia. Hmm. But yet, you can't sell people property that other people are not also allowed to buy just because of their skin color, right? Correct. Yeah, there's no 
in in the real estate industry, there is there should be no. I'm just, what's the word? Discrimination. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, none of it. Like you can't it, for spiritual, um, ethnicity, um, it, for any type of reason. Gender. Gender. Okay, so basically, if someone wants to live in a suburb and there's a house for sale, you are not allowed to discriminate as to who's allowed to come and see that house and put an offer down. Correct. All right. Now, there may be some inability of somebody to afford it, or it may not be what they're looking for, but you can't say, well, the neighbors have talked, and the homeowner association doesn't want your kind here. Correct. All right. Yeah, we can't do that. Can't. Uh, or if you already know of a... If you are a realtor of a subdivision or any of that, and you know, um, oh, this is a great, you can't even say like, oh, this is, there's so many kids here. And, you know. Really? Yeah. You got to be really careful on those things. So if you have an exclusive listing for a development, Mm -hmm. um, you you can't, you can't sort of make it so exclusive that no one else can get in there is what you're saying. Right. I mean, I guess there's, now I'm not sure the development laws of, you know, the senior citizens, you know, all that stuff. Right. But. On on the other hand, no, we're not allowed to do that. Okay. Or we should not do that where you could lose your license. Yeah, and so were there any reporting requirements? Like if somebody if somebody came to you and said, hey, listen, I want you to list my house, but I talked to all the neighbors. Whatever you do, don't list it to someone of this skin color. Oh, yeah, you can't do that. Oh, I know you can't do that. Oh, no, can't do that. Yeah, that's bad. I'm like, walk away. Yeah, any, I mean, they could report you for that. What about you reporting them? Oh, we yes. I mean, you could do that just in case they have done that to other agents. So if if you, I, I, I feel like I'm grilling you here. I'm really not trying to. I'm, <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> Get you a donut. All right. So um, if if you're if you're finding out that let's let's say you're the uh, selling agent, not the listing agent. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're the selling agent. You want to bring somebody to see a house. The listing agent tells you um, that you can't bring clients here who are of a certain skin color. Um, you have a duty at that point, I would suspect, as a realtor to say that's not the way we're going to do business around here, and, and you can report that if you wanted to. Correct. All right. Yes, listen, very much. Uh, you, you confirmed all the things that I already knew, but you said them out loud as someone who's experienced in the field, so thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. Here's the thing, y'all. Killing the burbs. Story, I mean, I got story after story here. I, I, this, this has become a real thing. Because anybody who dares to say that they want to live in the suburbs, Democrats view that as potentially racist. Why? I mean, first of all, racism is the greatest excuse that the Democrat Party has for virtually anything. What it basically boils down to, and Charlene said a moment ago, is is control. It's their opportunity for control. They want to control the slate. They want. By the way, go take a look at where Barack Obama lives. Pretty sure his exclusive resorts or resort-type houses in Martha's Vineyard and uh, in Hawaii, I'm pretty sure he's living the suburban American dream. All right? But yet this started during the Obama administration with laws being put in place, regulatory burdens being enhanced to, to make it a matter of, here's the word, you ready for it? Equity. Living in suburbia is a question of equity. It does not matter whether your neighborhood already has people of a variety of ethnicities. It doesn't matter. Suburbia is automatically suspect in the minds of Democrats because they believe that racism is the boogeyman behind every bush. 
not the least of which is when you see a community that says we've had enough of this and we want something better for our kids. And so we're going to talk about that in a minute, about the, 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 the community of Buckhead in Atlanta, because I've got two different articles here, one from CBS, one from CNN. One of them actually declares that this is a racist issue for Buckhead to dare to want to pull out of Atlanta. The other one at least gives Buckhead a voice and says, no, it's because your defund the police efforts and your, and your willingness to, uh, uh, to um, allow crime to run rampant it makes us want to separate ourselves. So one argument is it's quality of life. We want something for our kids. We want a grassy yard to run in. We want streets that are calm. We want lower crime. We want better schools. And the other says, no, if you want those things, you're automatically suspect. You're racist. I got a caller on line one. I'll take that before we go to the break. So let me do that real quick. Amy from Woodville. Amy, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. What's on your mind? Um, I was just touching on the subject you were talking about and the people in the suburbs. And I know that somebody had just texted earlier about the government wanting control. And I really think that that is a big part of it. I think that they want everybody in the cities. That way they have more control of everyone. They don't want people in suburbs. They, they hate people in rural rural areas because they don't have as much control over people that way. Yeah, do you, a do lot you agree more. with that? I, I, I do. And by the way, I have to because that texture was my wife. So I have to agree with that one. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm but, glad we agree on it. Yeah. Well, no, Amy, you're you're, you're spot on. I mean, I, 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 you tell me. I mean, I, I, I believe that's the case. I think they do want control. I think they, they, they love the idea of condensed areas of urban environments. But what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Are you are you a, yeah. sub, a suburbanite or are you a, a inner city dweller? I'm in the. I am a ruralite. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can say that. You you can. I live out in the country. You you, you got gosh. some some room to breathe, move, and some air to breathe, right? Yeah, seven acres, and I can't see a neighbor. So. Oh well, listen. I I, I think you're spot on. I think it's a it's a question of control, uh, and I'm glad that you and my wife agree. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay. All right, Amy. Thanks so very much. Um, all right, listen, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to come right back. I'm going to start off with the city of Buckhead, but then I got to get into the weeds on this because I got to tell you where this came from. Like, is there actual regulation? Yeah. How about it just got passed and put in the Federal Register in the last few days that you have to submit an equity plan for your community now? Communities all over the U.S. For the love. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back with Killing the Burbs. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Boomer and I are sitting here scheming on how we can just be kept men. Yes, just, 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 yes we are. Yes. <laughs> how can we scheme away for our wives to make so much money that we just become kept men? I like okay. it. Yeah, I can tell you do. <laughs> it's settling but in on you. But let's be honest. I, I would be completely bored. 
if I was not here. Oh, no, no. Don't, don't mistake me by saying that means you have to sit at the house and do nothing. Oh, no, I, you just I to wouldn't. You do whatever you just want whatever, to do. Whatever we want. <laughs> what if we sit around going, wait, you want to do a show today? Yeah, why not? That's let's what we, let's yeah. go shoot guns. Oh, let's go shoot some guns. We'll, get, we'll do a show while shooting guns. Oh. Ooh. And driving fast cars. Oh. And eating maple bacon donuts. Man. Sucking down coffee through an IV. What do you think? Just, Man, just, I could see you doing um doing one of your dippers while doing donuts in a new Thunder. Uh, Thunderfoot. Thunderfoot. Yeah, I was going to say Thunderbird. Thunderfoot 2. Thunderfoot, <laughs> Thunderfoot Junior. 2. That's right. Yes, oh. I've, I've already got Thunderfoot Junior picked out, by the way. Oh. Yeah, 1970 Mustang Mach 1, 351 Cleveland Hearst top loader, four-speed transmission with a Hearst T-handle shifter. Color? Grabber blue. <laughs> Magnum 500 wheels. <laughs> Love it. Just saying. Look, it looked good on me. How do we do that? How do we get on that? <laughs> That's not a dipper. No. Would it you, was all because what we were just please, chatting about in between. The, for the love, would you just stop know, distracting just, me? I'm just a distraction. There's just so much manliness going on in this room right now. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, um, listen. Let's 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 close up the hour here talking about the first part of this this dipper on killing the burbs. So if you have not heard, uh, the community of Buckhead, which is technically part of Atlanta, not technically it is, it's part of Atlanta. It's part of Atlanta proper. It's a suburban, more suburbanite uh, portion of Metro Atlanta. All right, there's a way to put it. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful area if you've been there. Um, so I got two articles here. Let's talk about the first one I've got from CNN.com, dated September of 2021. And the other one I've got from CBS, dated last week. So the first one from 2021 is, is the most awful article. Anyway, CNN.com says back then, Buckhead wants to cut itself out of the black Mecca. See what they did? It's, why would they do that? The first thing out the gate, they label it as a race-based issue. And, oh, by the way, they went ahead and labeled Atlanta as the black Mecca. Okay, um, I'm pretty sure you started this off wrong. It says racial demographic, demographics complicate the data. No, they don't. Unless you want it to be race-based, then it is. Well-to-do Buckhead is a majority white neighborhood. Atlanta is majority black. Some of their, Well, first of all, you just said... That Buckhead is a majority white neighborhood. Atlanta is majority black. Are you taking into account that, that Buckhead is part of Atlanta? Anyway, some observers, it says, worry that the cityhood for Buckhead could be devastating, removing access to revenue from a critical tax base and even deepening racial tensions. No, it's not. Because I guarantee you, the black families that live in Buckhead, they want a better community, too. Anyway, it says Buckhead shines a light on the broader racial realities in the United States. No, it really doesn't, unless you're writing a very slanted article that tries to do things like, I don't know, take Shelley Cashin, the Georgetown University law professor, who wrote what the article calls an essential new book. Hint, hint, stomp your foot, hint, hint, wink, wink. An essential new book called White Space, Black Hood, Opportunity Hoarding and Segregation in the Age of Inequality. Anyway, they go on to make this all about race. That there's no other reason why anyone would want a suburbanite community to separate from the major urban center that it's attached to unless it was race-based. They call it opportunity hoarding or over-investing in some communities while disinvesting elsewhere. This author of the essential book on white space black hood says that literally gold standard neighborhoods, neighborhoods that have tremendous opportunities that are frequently subsidized by everyone else. They get the best of everything. They get the best grocery stores, the best infrastructure. 
In fact, it says schools are one of the best indicators of racial segregation. So I'm going to be honest. I am not so blind that I don't recognize that there are some communities that are predominantly one ethnicity over another. That does not mean that everything has to center around that racial issue. The truth of the matter is this. Buckhead is tired of being attached to a community that does not take their safety and well-being into account the way they believe they could on their own. So the next article that came out last week about Buckhead says a new push to turn Buckhead into its own city, CBS News, says Georgia state lawmakers, that's the legislature, have actually introduced Senate Bill 114, making the latest move to turn Atlanta's Buckhead community into a city. It follows a similar attempt that failed in 2022. Those in support of Buckhead seceding from the city of Atlanta argue that an uptick in crime, increased taxes, and a decline in city services are the driving forces. Well, hang on a second. Are we sure it's not, what do they call it, opportunistic disinvestment? Yeah, Uh, opportunity hoarding. Are we sure it's not racism? Because certainly racism must be. If there's an uptick in crime and you point it out, that's racist. If there's an increase in taxes and you dare to say, I don't want to pay them, that's racist. If there's a decline in city services, like your trash didn't get picked up on time or the, 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 the sewers are overflowing or, or for some reason the, 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 you know, the, the stormwater runoff is, is not being maintained. Racist! Well, not so much. Now, not everybody in Buckhead wants to separate. No, they don't. And they all recognize that the mayor of Atlanta has been doing something for crime because the, the, the cr- criminal activity in Buckhead has actually decreased in the last year. That's good. I like it. It does not mean that racism is at the center of everything. But, but, control is, control certainly is. And so when we get back, I'm going to tell you about this new fair housing rules that the Biden administration just whipped into shape for us that will literally make your community have to turn in an equity plan. Yeah, and then make sure that, you know, multifamily housing is built next door to your suburbanite house. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios for hour number three, local, state, national. Man, we cover down on all the issues, and like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. I told you at the beginning of the show, by the way, there were some several aspects of breaking news, uh, one of which is uh, I don't have any more details really yet about the Michigan State shooting, but on Michigan State's campus, apparently three students are dead, five critically wounded uh, in a mass shooting there. 
Uh, of course, President Biden immediately called for gun control, um, but um, uh, he can't say a thing about Chinese balloons, but he can, he can call for gun control at the drop of a hat. But anyway, we have a tragedy unfolding in East Lansing, Michigan, uh, where um, Michigan State University is located. And, uh, and I hope those five kids, or five, I don't know if they're kids, anyway, the five wounded, um, it says critical. We'll find out to what extent soon. Uh, also, I'd mentioned earlier in the show that one of the other pieces of breaking news was that Senator Dianne Feinstein, 89, soon to be 90 years old, uh, the oldest serving member of the U.S. Senate, uh, has just announced her intent to not run for re-election. Her retirement from public office would uh, take place next year at the end of her term. Except that a story just came out, just, just literally saw it like in the last 20 minutes it just came out. Senator Dianne Feinstein appears to be unaware of her own retirement announcement, it says. <laughs> That's just kind of sad, actually. It says Democratic California Senator Dianne Feinstein appeared unaware of her own retirement announcement Tuesday, telling a group of reporters of the Capitol that she had not yet made a decision about her future, despite the fact that her office announced that she would not be seeking re-election in 2024 just hours before. What do you do with that? I mean, that's one of those things where, wow. is it funny the, or do you, do you feel bad for it or both? Maybe both. I think it's a little both. Yeah, it says, according to multiple reports, a Feinstein staffer quickly notified the senator that a statement had already been made in her retirement, prompting her to say that she was unaware the information had been released. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in charge around here? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. All right. Uh, we've got plenty of people on the text line. Folks, you want to join in, we'll be glad to have you. Got a brand new texter, James from ARAB. Thank you for joining the uh, text string. Glad to have you on board. Uh, Paul from Athens let me know that he thinks he could have taken on Thunderfoot. Oh, maybe, maybe he had me. He had me on displacement. He says uh, so. I had a I had a board out two eighty nine, so it was running close to a three hundred two. He says my first was a seventy seven Oldsmobile Omega with a three fifty four barrel hooker headers and straight pipes, and he raced it at Laster Mountain. Um, yeah, and then he oh then he upgraded and got a sixty nine GTO Judge. All right, Ooh. respect, Ooh. respect. You just you just labeled one of my favorite all time muscle cars. The sixty nine GTO Judge was just. Oh, epic cool. Um, uh, where are we here? Uh, Brian from uh, Lynn, Alabama. I'm reading it for the first time. He says, one thing that's overlooked from this conversation about killing the burbs is that many people of an ethnic group sometimes choose to live in an area that predominantly matches their own ethnicity. I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here slightly. He says, that, of course, is not true for any ethnic group completely, but oftentimes it is the case. Well, that's why you see places like Chinatown in San Francisco or, or whatever else. Yes, you're, you're right. That does happen. Um, but, you know, the, the interesting piece is, um, like Boomer said, uh, there is no, no uh, ability under the law to discriminate in the sale or even the offering of sale or the receiving of offers to buy real estate in the United States based upon ethnic grounds. You can't do it. Can't. Uh, I saw here, where did it go? Um, Sam from Priceville says the only color that realtors care about is green. <laughs> and, and that, is that true? I, I know a lot of realtors like that, but not all of them. <laughs> that ain't the green of the grass in the front yard either, is it? No, not no. the green of the grass yard. We ain't talking about the sod. We're talking about the, 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 the folded money. <laughs> um, realtors, realtors work hard, by the way. I, I've, I've got We do a lot of real estate work at my law firm, and I'll just be honest with you. Realtors... Realtors work hard. They do. My wife was one for a very long time. She was a good one too, by she the way. She was a great one. Yeah. I, I I just kind of just let her do it. I was just the background person some of the times. 
You just, you just, I just said, oh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, you go see my wife. She knows exactly what you need. <laughs> <laughs> she was great. Uh, all right. Hey, listen, um, let me jump back into the triple dipper here. Um, uh, so, so, so looking at the, the, the whole killing the burbs thing, this article here that came out in 2021 from Bloomberg, and then I'll jump over to Breitbart that came out yesterday. 2021, Bloomberg says Trump scrapped two fair housing housing rules. Biden's bringing them back. Whoop, whoop. I guess Biden was just, he was the man. April of 2021, late in his campaign for re-election, former President Donald Trump warned that Democrats would seek to abolish the suburbs if they returned to power. As part of that attempted appeal to suburban voters, Trump gutted two federal rules that bars. By the way, let me just point out Trump was right. Let, let's 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 be honest. He was right. I mean, that's why I'm here in 2023 doing a section called Killing the Burbs. So if Donald Trump said in 2020 that the Democrats want to abolish the suburbs, and then as soon as Biden got elected, he did away with Trump's effort to try and dissuade that from happening by making it happen, guess what? That means Trump was right. It says a week after taking office, President Joe Biden pledged to eliminate barriers at the federal level to equitable housing. What the frick does that even mean? Ordering his housing secretary to review those decisions. Now the Biden administration is making good on this promise by restoring the rules that have been scrapped by Trump. Oh, God. So, so basically it points out that when Ben Carson was the secretary of housing and urban development, Ben Carson under, under the Trump administration, he repealed an Obama-era rule in July of 2020, in the latter days of the Trump administration. And, 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 the, what the rule had done before was it required compliance, not just compliance with fair housing law that preexisted, it required new regulatory burdens be followed that would have made it almost impossible for local communities to receive federal funding if they didn't, like, jump on board with the whole equitable housing thing. Well, so what you're saying here is Trump was right. Fast forward, February 13th, 2023, that would be yesterday. Article on Breitbart. It says, in the name of, quote, equity, the Biden administration and state Democrats have now declared war on the suburbs. You see where we're going here? The Biden administration and Democrats in New York, Connecticut, and other states are fighting local zoning laws in order to build high-rise apartment buildings with, quote, affordable units among the tree-lined single-family neighborhoods, all in the name of equity, meaning that everyone can live in a tranquil suburb whether they've earned the ability to live there or not. The Biden administration announced on January 19th of this year that it will require all towns across the U.S. to submit their, quote, equity plans, showing how they'll make it possible for low-income housing to be built in otherwise suburban locations. Towns that don't meet the cookie-cutter requirements for economic diversity could very well lose federal funding. Good God. I mean, what? why? What's the point of this? I mean, you, you look at it and think, is it just that you just don't want anybody to be happy? Is that what's going on here? You just don't want anybody to say, I have lived the dream. I, I've worked hard and I bought a house with, you know, a, a, you know, a couple of acres that I mow on Saturday and I get to trim my own lawn and, you know, I, I just, I get out there and I fuss with the bushes and, and I, and I just, you know, and I, and I play catch in the backyard with my kids and, or the grandkids and, you know, the dog has a place to run you know, I got a pooper scoop the yard once in a while, but it's still good. The dog has a place to run. And then 
Wait, what's that? They're clearing the ground across the street. What are they building? An apartment complex? Next to my house? That's not what I signed up for. Oh, look, my property values are going down. Oh, hey, the noises went up. Oh, goodness, all of a sudden the traffic in my neighborhood went up because it went from being single-family housing to multifamily housing. Everything changed. How did this happen? Because I had to have an equity plan. It says the left seething hatred of the suburbs is readily apparent in popular culture. You can see movies about it, how tree-lined neighborhoods are just hotbeds of racism. He lists several movies. I won't go into them. So why does the left hate the suburbs, the author asks. For starters, he says, we tend to vote Republican. Worse still, we're truly happy out here. He says, a suburban way of life proves people live fuller lives if they're unbothered by central authority and control. And we prove that government causes way more problems than it solves, and nothing makes the left angrier than happy, contented people they can't control. There's my wife kicking in right there. Charlene was right. Control. The article goes on to say that once Democrats strip the suburbs of what makes them special, which is zoning laws that protect property values and avoid density, that's the end of things. Well, so where are they doing this? Where, it? Well, first of all, the rule is now in the Federal Register. That, it, it, got, it got put in the Federal Register last week. The Federal Register is the, um, it's the digest that publishes executive actions by the federal government, things that are now having not necessarily the force of law, but at least the force of regulation. And so the Biden administration has now put it in the Federal Register that what we're going to require is these equity plans. Let me break it down a little further. Article also yesterday from Fox News. Next on the Dems hit list, the suburbs. If you've worked hard to afford a suburban house with a patch of lawn where your kids can play, you are now under attack, it says. The Biden administration announced on January 19th it will require all towns across the U.S. to submit their equity plans on how they will make it possible for low-income people to live in whatever neighborhood by means of providing affordable housing, transportation, other resources. Here's where one of the things that's taking place, New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Boy, she's a piece of work. New York Governor Kathy Hochul is pushing for some reasonable things like allowing people to have mother-in-law apartments and, you know, relaxing environmental restrictions. But She's also got their biggest proposal, which is called a housing compact that basically compels towns and villages in New York metro area to increase their housing stock. What does that mean? I'm picturing Soviet-style apartment buildings. If a town fails to meet state targets, centralized control, state targets, then the compact would allow developers to then build in defiance of local zoning board. In other words, if you don't want it, local community, if you don't want to break up your beautiful suburbanite surroundings, if you don't want to you know, destroy the tree-lined streets, if you don't want to increase the traffic and perhaps the crime, if you don't want to create the noise that you would have had in the city that you tried to get away from out in the suburbs, if you don't want it, we're going to make you have it anyway. And we're going to authorize developers to go in and buy property and build whatever they want just because you said no. This is, this is an attack, y'all. Since suburban homeowners are battling an alliance now of real estate developers and social justice warriors that are determined to end single-family housing. And opponents of single-family zoning are also playing the race card. Like, you know, a group that calls itself Erase Racism says this is about the freedom from structural racism and de facto segregation. Yeah, I'm telling you, that goes back to racism every time. All that is is a cover for the control. Boomer, take me to a break, brother. We'll go and take that break and come right back and wrap this segment up and then see what we can do about number three of the Triple Dipper, being told what to think. That was interesting. 
These are, these are some deep dive dippers today, man. I'm just telling you. It's a good thing I have my coffee. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. All right, we're, we're, we're bringing a, a, a dipper number two to a conclusion here. Killing the burbs. Um, so here's what it boils down to, y'all. Democrats, liberal progressives, they hate the idea of someone having autonomy. They hate the idea of someone not living where they have the most say-so, which happens to be more often than not the heavily urbanized uh, portions of America. If you look at some of the stats right now, of the 10 biggest cities in the United States, Democrats run nine of them. Of the 50 biggest cities, they control two-thirds. And a lot of them are on the verge of collapse. I mean, you can just look at some of the heavily urbanized areas and think about who's in charge. Mayor Eric Adams, New York City. Um, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. You, you got what's going on in San Francisco. You got what's going on in Baltimore. You got the Birmingham is is one of the um, is is probably those urbanized area of uh, uh, of Alabama, and it's it's run by liberal progressives, and it has one of the highest murder per capita rates in the entire United States. So then you look at the suburbs, and oh, it's racism. Oh, they oh they want to go live somewhere where people don't look like anything but them. No, that's not true at all. If there's the one-off person who's a racist, that does not mean the neighborhood is systemically racist. What it does mean is people begin to leave the, the urban centers for the opportunity to breathe fresher air, have quieter streets, have a place for their kids to play where you can walk the dog without concern where you don't hear. And, and by the way, I've lived in heavily urban area. When I was in D.C. working at the Pentagon, uh, lived in Old Town, Alexandria, it was kind of cool. I loved some of the, uh, the, the aspects of, you know, true urban living with, you know, uh, riding the metro to work every day, um, a different restaurant to eat at every night. But you know what? In general, I love the idea of putting my feet in the grass. And Democrats hate that. And the laws of this nation already prevent the idea that you can you can stop someone from buying property or selling property, listing property or showing property. You, you, you can't do that on race alone, period. Just can't. And so now, though, the Biden administration, ever looking for the opportunity to find a problem to meet its solutions, has decided that communities across the U.S. are going to have to have an equity rule. I will tell you there was one in Westchester, New York. Westchester, New York resisted the Obama administration's efforts to do this. Because remember, Obama put the, the, the rule in place first. Trump repealed it. Biden has now put it back in. The Obama administration at one point singled out Westchester, New York. They singled them out because they had what they referred to as standard zoning. 
Standard zoning means county regulations that restricted the heights of buildings and limited where you could put sewers and protecting drinking water and all that kind of stuff. Those were restrictive practices. And restrictive practices is often known uh, as a, uh, a term used in the civil rights law for racism. Well, because they were racist, the Obama administration withheld more than $20 million in federal funds from Westchester County. This is not a threat. There's history on this. They held, withheld $20 million in federal funds from Westchester County. Never mind the fact that, you know, there were other non-racists who lived there, apparently, like, you know, Bill and Hillary Clinton. But nonetheless, Westchester County fought back. Good for them. And they eventually won. But it took eight years in court. Eight years. And it points out that most jurisdictions are not near as wealthy as Westchester County and have the ability then to resist the federal government's efforts. Under pressure from federal ideologues, communities in Oregon and Minneapolis, for example, have already abolished single-family zoning in recent years. Abolishing single-family zoning means abolishing houses. What you're saying then there is everything has to be duplexes or apartment buildings. Why? Why would you do that? Well, the goal is not to eliminate racism. The goal is to eliminate the suburbs. The goal is to not improve the lives of people who live in crappy places. The goal is to destroy the lives of people who live in nice places because of control. And this is happening right now with phrases like housing justice and, you know, furthering the elimination of racial discrimination in housing. I got news. We want to mow our grass in peace. If we want to live in the city, we will. If y'all want to come live in the burbs, come on. Single family housing is not evil. And folks, I'm telling you, Democrats and the new rule put in place by the Biden administration, they are working to kill the burbs. Y'all keep your eyes on it. We'll switch gears. We get back being told what to think. I got some new stuff on Triple Dipper number three. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. 